The next man that we speak to is the voice of the world game. He's one of the best. Simon Hill joins us. And I can tell you his show on SEN returns to the global game uh, next Tuesday at 7.30. G'day, Hilly. How are you guys? You all right? Here we are, Simon. Speaking of voices, Mm. the voices of Ange Postagoglu and Gus Hiddink in the Socceroos camp. Now, how did that all come to be? Yeah. Well, look, I can only assume that Graham Arnold invited them. Um, which uh, I think is a great thing. And yeah. I, I said on uh, social media today, Twitter, X, whatever it's called these days, um, <laughs> that you know, it shows <clears throat> great intentions, I think, by Arnie, because not every coach would particularly want to have two of his predecessors, particularly you know, illustrious predecessors as well, yeah. in the training camp with him. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing that he's done. And uh, you know, I'm sure it's, it's given the players a bit of a boost. Is there a misread of my part? Does it also help Ange because of his exit from the Socceroos wasn't the greatest? Does it help sort of heal that one as well? Um, I don't think Ange cares at the moment, do yeah, you? I guess no, I don't think uh, he does. No, <laughs> given he's top of the Premier League. No. Um, yeah, I mean, some of his comments that I saw in a separate piece on The, on the Guardian mm-hmm. were, I think, a little bit more instructive on that, really. Mm-hmm. Um said that, you know, he'd basically given up fighting for football in Australia because, wow, yeah. uh, you know, he, he wanted to change things and he felt he hadn't made any impact, which, to be honest, is, is probably the saddest comment I've, met, I've read about Ange this year. Um, it's all been, you know, very positive. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, that's his truth. Um, you know, he said it. And uh, there's a lot in that Guardian article that... <laughs> You know, it's very difficult to disagree with, to be honest. But, well, let's uh, take it then the other direction. That's what we're up against in this country, and we have to yeah. keep fighting. But let's take it the other direction. His success in Scotland and now what he's doing with Tottenham, having on top of the English Premier League, what's that doing for Australia's yeah. image on the world scene? Well, look, in terms of Australian coaching, I mean, Australian players have been respected for a long time overseas. Yep. Uh, you know, even going back to the days of Craig Johnston, uh, a little bit more recently, Mark Baduka, Harry Kuehl, Lucas Neal, Mark Schwartzer, Timmy Cale. You know, we all know the superstars uh, that played in the English Premier League and, and various other big competitions in Europe. So I, I think that barrier has long since been broken down. But uh, in terms of coaching, obviously, that was a different kettle of fish. Yeah. And, you know, what Angie's doing will hopefully break down barriers further for the next generation. He's all, I think he's already doing that. You know, Kevin Muscat's being linked with the job at Rangers. Mm. Whether he's going to get it or not, I don't know. Uh, Nick Montgomery has gone straight from the A-League to the Scottish Premier League with Hibernian. Uh, and there are a couple of others dotted around Europe who are doing similar jobs. So, yeah, he's he's breaking the mould. And I guess, you know, the, the saddest thing is, is that uh, whilst he was here, yeah. Uh, he, he should have uh, had more yeah. success, not just on the field, but uh, you know, driving the game forward, which is yeah. what he wanted to do. Simon, as someone that's not a soccer expert, when you mentioned all those superstars of the past that have played overseas, uh, should have Mark Bosnich received a mention, or does he not sit at that level? Yeah. No, no, absolutely he does. Uh, Bosnich was, uh, I think, for a 12-, 18-month period mm. <clears throat> during his days at Aston Villa, I think he was the best goalkeeper in the world. Mm. Um, now, he, he probably gets ignored a little bit in terms of the golden generation because he only actually played 17 times for his country. Yep. Um, there were lots of reasons for that, club commitments, um, and obviously, you know, we all know what happened later on in his yep. career. 
Mm. Um, so he, he does tend to get forgotten about a little bit, but no, he, he was right up there. Um, he was an absolutely magnificent goalkeeper for many years, particularly well, for Aston Villa. Well answered. Uh, one of the reasons we're chatting to you is because the Socceroos are taking on the arch enemy, well, the motherland, England. Uh, 5am Saturday morning, it's being played at Wembley Stadium. What Sold type of, out Wembley yeah, too. Yeah, so what, what's the sellout crowd yep. at Wembley? Uh, it'll be 90,000. Wow. Um, so this is so, big. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. Um, and, you know, England are on a bit of a crest of a wave at the moment as well. They've got a massive uh, European Championship qualifier coming up against Italy, which, uh, yeah, essentially decide qualification. They'll, they'll probably qualify anyway. Um, but it's uh, it's a warm-up for that game. And obviously for Australia, it's... It's about preparing not just for our own World Cup qualifiers in November, but also the next big tournament, which is the Asian Cup in uh, Qatar in January. So it's important for both teams. And, you know, in England, as we all know, they love their football. So when the national team plays, it's, it's normally a sellout or pretty close to it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Simon. This will be the Socceroos' second international since the World Cup. The first one... <laughs> That 2 0 yeah. lead against Mexico that became 2 2 in Texas. So, for those who are linking back into the Socceroos since the World Cup, what will they note as different among the squad? I think it's actually the third played Argentina, didn't they, um, in June, which uh, again, we lost Leo Messi scored in That's the That's right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in China, wasn't it? That uh, what will they notice? Yeah. Uh, there'll be a couple of new faces. Um, Lewis Miller, in particular, I'm looking forward to seeing. Opportunity. Uh, he started off his life with the Central Mariners, a big, strong, robust uh, right back or right wing back, and he's doing well for Hibernian under Nick Montgomery in Scotland. Uh, so he's um, it'll be him or Ryan Strain, I would imagine, on the right hand side, which is a, a a problem area for Australia in recent months. Mm. And, of course, there's the return of Massimo Luongo. We haven't seen Mass in four years wow. in the national team. So uh, it's been a great renaissance for him. Uh, we thought maybe his international days had, uh, had come and gone, but he's playing so well for Ipswich in the championship in England that uh, Graham Arnold's decided to, to recall him, which is great. All right, Simon, who, who wins, Australia or England, and what will the scoreline be? <laughs> well, I can't. I'm not a soothsayer. I don't know. I mean, England will <laughs> be the favourites because they're at home um, and they're a strong side. Mm. But Australia are a chance. You know, we, we've seen uh, the Socceroos take on some of the best teams in the world, and and they've made it a, a priority to do that because they want to test themselves against the best. And I think it's a good strategy, to be honest. You find out where you're at. Um, so I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that they could get a draw at Wembley. It'll be difficult, draw. but uh, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll go with a draw. draw. Now, the Roach has been chomping at the bit all day. He wants to have 90 seconds with you on the English Premier League. What are you doing on December 2? When December two. Man City v Tottenham at the City? Etihad, yes. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I'd love to be there, Roach, but uh, I don't think I will be. <laughs> well, you need to explain one thing to me. You're going to say you don't care because you're quite comfortable with where Man U is at 10th but I'm curious as to how when you have an enormous empire built by Sir Alex Ferguson and then it doesn't happen after that so is that all about the man and the moment or is the legacy too hard for anyone else to live? Uh, I think there's a combination of factors to be honest there's no doubt that when Sir Alex Ferguson retired in 2013 Mm. 
uh, a lot of the club's identity went with him uh, because he ran that club from top to bottom yeah. for years and years and years. So it was used to doing things in a very particular way. I think the CEO left as well. Um, and obviously there's the ongoing saga of the Glazers' yes. ownership. And, you know, for so much of the last 12 months, it seems as though they're on the way out and they're still there yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and unfortunately, there's not been enough investment from what I can see in a lot of different areas in the club. And I'll, you know, just mm. pick two out. Uh, first of all, Old Trafford, which is a wonderful old stadium, but is by all accounts fallen to bits in certain wow. places. There's holes in the roof and <laughs> bits falling off it. Um, so they haven't invested in the stadium. Uh, the training ground, now back in the day, both Man City and Man United used to train in a place called Carrington in southwest Manchester, uh, almost opposite each other, over the road from each other. Yeah. And City moved out many years ago into this unbelievable spaceship-like 200 million complex wow. next to the Etihad Stadium. They've really invested in their facilities. And United is still at Carrington. Um, and you only have to read the words of Cristiano Ronaldo when he left, saying that the club has been allowed to fray at the edges. Now, that's not the entire reason why they're struggling on the pitch. Obviously, you know, some players have been brought in and haven't worked yeah. or uh, they haven't delivered. Um, there's question marks over Eric Ten Hag at the moment, but he did a decent job last year. You, you can't just keep chopping and changing the manager and think that that's the solution. I, mm. I tend to think it's more a structural root and branch reform, really, that United need. And that starts with the owners, I'm afraid. Okay. Simon, we always enjoy chatting to you. We are looking forward to Australia taking on England. That one gets underway at 5am Saturday morning in front of 90,000 fans live at Wembley Stadium. And the great man himself is predicting a draw. Take it to the bank. Simon, thank you for your time. <laughs> Actually, that would be a great result. Yes, a draw. It'd be a it would be a beautiful result.